So we wanted to share with you uh, the highest blessing chant this morning in Pali and in English and then uh, you know comment on it a little and go over it because it's so suitable you know for taking that blessing into into your lives because it speaks all about how to apply the teachings in daily life isn't it yeah I think it's really a complete um, reference for the gradual path to awakening and it's also the one of the top three chants done in the Theravada world it's a very popular popular chant so we're going to screen share it in so you can Stumble along with us if you like at trying and and then we go over it. We, we chant it first in Pali and then in English. Okay, so it's called the Mahamangala Sutta. Or the Mahamangala is it called Sutta actually? It is a sutta. Yeah. So it's Mahamangala Sutta, and we start here at that position, the Asevana. Oh, you're not going to do the whole thing? I normally don't. Okay. Yeah. All Funny right. enough, we always start, I've learned it like that. I don't mm -hmm. know why it is like that, actually, but have never okay. questioned that. Okay. Asevana chapalanang panditanan chasevana pucha chapuchanianang etamangalamutamang patirupate savaso chapube chakatapunyata Atasama Paniticha Etang Mangalamutamang Pahusa Chan Shasi Pancha Vinayo Chasusi Kito Subhasita Chayavacha Etamangalamutamang Mata Pitu Upatanang Sangaho Anakula Chakamanta Etamangalamutamang Tanancha Dhammacharya Chanyata Kanancha Sangaho Anavachani Kamani Etamang Galamutamang Arati Virati Papa Majapana Chasanyamo Apamado Chatame Suetamang Galamutamang Karaho chanivato chasamtu ti chakatanyuta kalena dhammasavanam etamangalamutamang kanti chasovachasata samalanam chadasanam kalena dhammasakacha etamangalamutamang 
Sapata-sotinga-cham-titan-te-san-mangala-mutamanti. And then the English version. And there, you know, we are starting from the beginning. We have always done it like that, so. Yeah, so now, we'll know, now you'll know what we just chanted. Thus have I heard that the Blessed One was staying at Samvati, residing at the Chetas Grove in Anatta Pindika's Park, then in the dark of the night, a radiant deva illuminated all Chetas Grove. She bowed down low before the Blessed One, then standing to one side, she said, Devas are concerned for happiness and ever long for peace. The same is true for humankind. What then are the highest blessings? Avoiding those of foolish ways, associating with the wise, and honoring those worthy of honor. These are the highest blessings, living in places of suitable kinds, with the force of past good deeds, and guided by the rightful way. These are the highest blessings, accomplished in learning and craftsman skills, with discipline highly trained, and speech that is true and pleasant to hear. These are the highest blessings, providing for mother and father's support and cherishing family and ways of work that harm no being. These are the highest blessings, generosity and a righteous life, offering help to relatives and kin and acting in ways that leave no blame. These are the highest blessings, steadfast in restraint and shunning evil ways, avoiding intoxicants that dull the mind, and heedfulness in all things that arise. These are the highest blessings, respectfulness and of humble ways, contentment and gratitude, and hearing the Dhamma frequently taught. These are the highest blessings, Patience and willingness to accept one's faults, seeing venerated seekers of the truth, and sharing often the words of Dhamma. These are the highest blessings. The holy life lived with ardent effort, seeing for oneself the noble truth and the realization of Nibbana. These are the highest blessings. Although involved in worldly tasks, unshaken the mind remains, and beyond all sorrow spotless secure, 
These are the highest blessings. They who live by following this path know victory wherever they go, and every place for them is safe. These are the highest blessings. Okay, so we're going to go back to the beginning now and take a look at this uh, sutta a little bit kind of explain why we want to talk about it today. The, um, so, we want to share, I think. Should we share it in English? Yes. Yeah. I think so. Okay. Let And me find it again. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, as I said, this is a, a very highly, um, uh, appreciated sutta and when I first saw you know its name the highest blessings and the question of the deva I was thinking of blessings in terms of my my spiritual background which is something conferred on us by a, a higher being but that's not what this is really these are things we get to we we make our own choices and for much of it these are the things we can choose to cultivate and even the things that are a, a bit more um, challenging like we can't make uh, enlightenment happen for example uh, whether or not the deeds of the past have been good we may not have had control over that either in in this lifetime But these things also come because of decisions that we make uh, that make it, um, that put in the causes and conditions for those things to happen. So, uh, Venerable Bhikkhu Bodhi uh, brought this sutta forward in a course where he put a, a bit of a framework around it to look at the progression in the sutta, the way it describes actually the development of a wholesome and productive, beautiful human life. So I thought we would take this opportunity to frame this sutta in that way and just offer it as um, something to take with you as you're developing and using a lot of the things we've talked about these last few days for your, for your, own, um, your own practice. Um, I think I would like to go back up to the top and just introduce it with, you know, this idea that the deva comes and um, asks the Buddha a question. This is a very common thing that we see happening in the suttas. And um, there are monks and nuns who have reported this same kind of experience in modern times. So don't think that this is just some myth. Um, The devas really are um, around us. And so this radiant deva comes, as you see, and asks about um, happiness. And um, really, like, how do, we, how do we live in a good way so that we can have peace and happiness? So that's where we begin, down here with avoiding So this is, these are the Buddha's words of advice. And we can look at this first um, 
verse of the the Buddha's advice uh, as kind of a, you know what what you might find as a young person uh, developing yourself in the world and of course we can do this at any time in our life but if you think about you know kind of developing ourselves um, a kind of uh, proper orientation towards life cultivating conditions that actually lead to wisdom to discernment and the Buddha put a great emphasis on avoiding people who are doing foolish things things that lead to more harm more suffering more um, difficulties and that's like breaking the five precepts any anything involving the five precepts if we keep it we develop in a good way if we are uh, going against them we create more harm and problems in our life for ourselves and for everyone else so avoiding people who are doing foolish things and associating with people who are wise and then giving honor to those who are worthy of honor you know such as parents teachers um, people who are wise and you know that Bhikkhu Bodhi brought out that you know in Sri Lanka and I've seen this uh, in Sri Lankan families where the children come first thing in the morning they bow to their parents on the floor <laughs> and last thing, last thing in the evening they bow to their parents and it's it's such a beautiful orientation um, it's it doesn't you know I've seen families it's not at all in a kind of um, authoritative or kind of punitive way it's a beautiful way of, of showing respect and love and appreciation so this is the kind of honoring and the next one you know when a person's heart is oriented in that way then living in a, these are some um, very foundational pieces for a happy, peaceful life. Este establishing a secure foundation. And it, it looks at both inner and outer requirements for that kind of life. It's living in places that are suitable. So you're, you're living in an environment where you're relatively safe. Um, it's, it's something that many of us um, enjoy, but there are a lot of people who don't have that ability, have that kind of environment. And I think on a more a broad social scale, it's really valuable if we can support um, safety in communities, etc. Of course, people try. Um, and then with the, with the fruits of past good deeds, this is like with the results of the previous actions that are good, the karma, um, creating um, a helpful inner and exter external environment. And then it, it talks about being guided by the rightful way. Another translation might be, you know, being well grounded in, in the in a code of discipline or being, you know, following the path, following the Noble Eightfold Path. You know, you're really um, kind of setting yourself, and actually this, this comes up again later, but, you know, having the, the right kind of 
um, framework of morality. And then, um, yes, okay. And then the next one, accomplished and learning and craftsman skills, etc. This is kind of our, as we're developing as a human being, the preparation for our life, you know, education, developing a profession, um, training oneself for a successful life. Okay. Right? Uh, yes. The speech. The speech. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I knew I missed something. Mm -hmm. And then he includes here um, well-spoken speech. Or it, it, it could be translated in other ways, but that really, you know, right speech, which is so much a part of our... Um, you know, what makes our life happy and gives us a really good, trustworthy environment. And then from there we come to the next verse. And that's, it's about leading a virtuous, ethical life in the world and fulfilling, fulfilling one's, you know, f uh, duties towards family members, providing for mother and father's support. And, you know, and one's own family, one's own children and spouse. And having a livelihood, you know, which is not uh, creating any harm, as much that this is possible. A harmless occupation. Yeah, so that's considered also uh, one of the highest blessings. And then becoming, uh, you know, really a Bikubodi calls it a becoming a pillar of society, of the community, through, you know, living uh, a life according to the law and also, you know, according to the laws of Dhamma, but also according to the law of the land. And, you know, generosity, helping, helping relatives and kin, helping the family members and acting in ways that leave no blame. And then coming to the next one, it's more like about personal ethics and a life of moral integrity. Avoiding intoxicants that are the mind and heedfulness in all things that arise. So intoxicants, is the, it's the fifth precept, which is actually not an ethical precept, but you know, under the influence of intoxicants, it's quite easy to break the first four precepts, which are actually ethical. So that's um, about the fifth precept. And handing it back to you. You are here now. Right. So up till now, this is about anybody's life. Uh, this can be regardless of your spiritual um, background or with or without a religion or anything like that. These are the ways that we want to prepare ourselves. If all of our, uh, all of our young people took this on seriously, it would be quite beautiful. And then this, this is where we start to really develop a spiritual life. 
cultivating uh, inner virtue and cultivating wisdom. So being respectful, um, really having reverence and humility, contentment and gratitude, and hearing the Dhamma often, timely hearing of the Dhamma. And then the next one where the holy life is lived with ardent effort. This is, you know, oh, let's see, I skipped one. Patience and willingness. Um, patience, um, being available for advice, open to hearing what someone, feedback someone has, and really taking that in and making changes in our life, seeking out uh, more advanced practitioners, those who have a, a deep understanding and experience of the Dhamma, and sharing often in the words of Dhamma, so not just listening, but also discussing the Dhamma. And then that takes us to the last three. So the the that's about the path towards realization and practicing, and you know attaining basically awakening. So seeing for oneself the noble truth means you know realizing uh, liberation from greed, hatred, and delusion. And then uh, the next one is about fulfilling, fulfillment of that by living from that realization, by really, you know, putting into practice what we have realized. So that's where, you know, wisdom and faith, uh, Panya and Sada, where they come together. The, the wisdom is, you know, the insight and then the Sada is the confidence to live from that insight. And they need to be intertwined, you know, in our daily life in order, you know, for us to really integrate the, the insight into our lives. And, and in that way, you know, we are basically um, intertwining those, the wisdom and, and the faith. And also it's like, you know, we are intertwining all of the strands of the Noble Eightfold Path. That example we have been giving earlier in the retreat, you know, the Noble Eightfold Path is a very powerful rope, we can say, you know, which consists of eight strands and they are, they are twisted together. And, and through that, even they are quite fine strands, but together they become incredibly strong because there's a flexibility there and, and there's like a real power in that combination, you know. Which is, so basically the, the, the power of the rope is so much more than the power of those eight strands. Because they are woven together in this way through um, living from that place, you know. So that's the realization and the actualization. By embodying what we know is true. And we can say, you know, wisdom is like the sharpness of a knife and sada or confidence is the, the weight of it. So if there's not a weight behind it, it doesn't really do the job. So if you have a, like a razor blade, you know, cutting vegetables or carrots, that would be 
not going very well, you know, so it needs to have the sharpness and the weight. And then the final verse, they who live by following this path know victory wherever they go and every place for them is safe. And this is something that really touches the heart for many people and it really is the natural result of living in this way with this kind of you know preparation and development and then you know living with the with the moral virtue and the development of the mind through meditation we don't see that so much directly uh, mentioned here but we know that it's an essential part and and that wisdom that gets cultivated the insight that comes and so when a person has come to that point where that rope is completely um, intertwined and strong, they don't have to fear anything. They're safe wherever they go. And that is the highest blessing. Mm -hmm. it's a, yeah, it's powerful. And I think it's easy to understand, isn't it? It is like, you know, you're speaking all languages in a way without, you know, because there's a certain deep understanding about the way things are, and that is the protection. And you know, it, it doesn't protect us from problems, but it protects us from our own greed, hatred and delusion, if there is any left, and from the greed, hatred and delusion of others. And we know how to solve the problems. Yeah. The wisdom is there, and it's oftentimes very intuitive. Um, not just analytical. <coughs> yeah. The, so the problems still arise. But we can meet them. So we're wishing for all of you that you can take some of this with you as we part uh, shortly and um, make use of it. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.